This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. 606. It is 50 degrees in downtown Boise, the final full week of September. First full week of autumn is underway. And the high today is going to be in the 80s. Almost 90 degrees after uh, what we saw last week, that uh, cold front coming through Mm -hmm. with snow showers in some areas of the mountain areas. Not going to stick around for a long time, but hey, uh, I'll take 88 degrees as much as we can get it over the last the last week in September. Month so or two, I. yeah. Hell, I'd love to see it in October for that matter. I mean, let's get right down to it. I'd like to see it in December or in, <laughs> in January, which is why sometimes I go to Phoenix. Um, this morning it is Monday, and that means the first day after a uh, football game, Boise State. Congratulations, first win, one and zero in the Mountain West over San Diego State. We have the play of the game coming up here for you this morning. $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean. Somebody's going to score that. I got an ad for them in my email yesterday, and uh, there were pictures of food. Oh, it looks good. Yes. Land Ocean does have some really good food. Full bar, um, appetizers, happy hours, uh, and you can win that today if you listened in to the postgame. Stayed up late on uh, Friday night and listened to the postgame because – there were a number of plays that you could choose from for the play of the game, but one of them did stick out. Even as watching as I was watching the game, I go, "I'll bet that's going to be play of the game." Now we'll find out coming up just before nine o'clock. Uh, we'll have Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler will be with us uh, talking about the absolute dominance of one running back for the uh, Boise State Broncos, Ashton Jenny, um, maybe one of the best. All-around performances that I've seen mm. since I've started watching Boise State football from a running back. Yeah, It's been a few years since uh, they had somebody gain 200 yards mm-hmm. in a game. Alexander Madison was the last to do it, and Alexander Madison was good. But, I mean, Genty, to me, it just he reminded me of Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, He just would not go down. It's like he gets hit by two or three guys, and he would fall and, forward for another six yards. And what's the funniest thing about Genty right now? He was kind of supposed to be second string this yeah, year. Yeah. Well, he's still not the... Listed as the starting running back. He's still RB2 on the depth chart. Yeah, but Holani's been uh, injured. Um, just think what that running game can do if Holani can get back and <laughs> healthy. I mean, right now you've got a true freshman. It would be great to um, hold that true freshman out and use this as a redshirt year. And he can play four games in four games mm-hmm. without using burning his freshman year talking about Breezy Dubar, because I think he is going to be a really good running back also. Yeah, he. I mean, he, and he is so far. He seems to get uh, positive yards on every play. Yeah, he's a, he's a lot like, like <laughs> Genty is. He's built like him. He doesn't go down yeah. uh, right away. He may be a little faster than Genty even. Like he's built like a weeble. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it'd be great to keep him for, you know, play him the four games and then still hold on to him mm-hmm. without burning a, a redshirt year. Um, because I don't, based on how Janty is playing right now, I don't have high hopes for him sticking around for four years. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> he, uh, by the way, leads the nation 
in all-purpose yards. I'm talking number one over anybody from Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma. He is number one in the nation at over 900. I think it's 975 already after three games. A lot of teams have already played four games. Or is it? No, they played four games yeah, too. Yeah, four. Yeah, four. Right. Some some teams have already played five games. There we go. Yeah, um, but after four games, he leads the nation. So, for, uh, in, for instance, San Diego State has now played five yes, games. Yes, yes. A lot of teams played those uh, zero games. Um, I think uh, San Diego State is rethinking that five games in five weeks thing to start. The yeah, offensive line uh, looks great. I mean. Genty can't do what he did without a great offensive line. And I know a lot of what he does, he does on his own. But the offensive line has holes blown open, mm-hmm. and he gets through those first five or six yards before he gets hit, and then he's just one-on-one or two-on-one-on-two. On two. He's got to you know break a couple of tackles. It's the offensive line that was getting him those massive holes to get him into the second level true, so that he could break off but those you, 20, 30, yeah. 40, and 50-yard runs. But you are right. He's pretty good at breaking that second and third tackle. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about the game uh, coming up this week. A little tougher game, although this game was tough. It was a, it was an exciting game Long to watch. Long-distance information. Give me Memphis, Tennessee. Playing Memphis. Uh, 2 o'clock kickoff time this coming Saturday, um, this is going to be another tough game. ESPN, uh, by the way, I see uh, UCF is now ranked in the top 25. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And Washington is just an absolute mm-hmm. juggernaut. Again, um, just kick California's butt worse than they kick Boise State. Mm-hmm. You know, So, I mean, you've got those two teams who are doing very, very well, which is helping out Boise State's strengths of schedule. Um, I do have to say, though, the... I guess the the cream of the Mountain West crop right now would have to be Air Force and Fresno State. Fresno State, Fresno looks State really has made good. the top twenty five as well. They're yeah. at number twenty five. Fresno State looks really really good so far. Um, Air Force looks really really good. That game was uh, close in the uh, first half, and then they just pulled away. Mm-hmm. Um, in you, the you know how many group half. of five teams are in the top twenty five right now? Fresno State. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And practically the entire Pac-12. <laughs> the uh, was it seven or eight teams in the Pac-12? Yeah. A- NFL. I know we're talking a lot of sports here, but I just have to say the number one thing talked about uh, in the NFL uh, this weekend wasn't the uh, second most points scored by an NFL team with Miami, who scored seventy. Could easily scored eighty points against Denver. Um, it wasn't your Commanders, you know, losing their first game. Throwing four interceptions. <laughs> would they? Would the final score was it forty to nothing? Something. No, like it that? was uh, thirty-seven to to three. Thirty-seven yeah. to three. They they elected instead of going for a touchdown uh, in the last minute, they elected to kick a field goal just to put something on the board. The biggest news in the NFL uh, this weekend wasn't even who they have picked uh, as the Super Bowl performer. The biggest news was this. Kelsey, a touchdown with Taylor in the house today? Yeah, I heard she was in the house. Did you feel the pressure, Patrick? I felt a little bit of pressure, um, and so I knew I had to get it to Trav. And, of course, it's on a route that Travis, he does his own thing and just makes up a route, and I throw it to him. So uh, I think he wanted to get in the end zone just as much as uh, all the Swifties wanted him to. I don't know who jumped higher after a Travis Kelsey touchdown. If it was Taylor or Greg Olson when he heard she was going to be at the stadium today. Quite the day, right? I think my favorite part of that shot 
Taylor Swift is chest pumping for Travis Kelsey's touchdown, and Mama Kelsey's just standing next to her. She's like, honey, I, I've seen 71 of these. <laughs> she gave like a light tap on the glass, and she wasn't overly excited about it. That was the big news. Everybody was talking about Taylor yeah. Swift um, and Travis Kelsey. That may be confirmation right there. Up until this point, it was just rumors. But, you know, well, when, they, when they you show even, up and you sit next to Travis Kelce's family... The story was he wanted to go out with her, but he wanted to meet her first. So he tried to get backstage passes at a concert, and the particular concert he went to, she wasn't doing any backstage because she was resting her voice. And so he couldn't get back there to give her a little gift he'd bought or something. And basically, you know, he put that out to the, the press, and it was her turn to make a move. So she went to his game with his mother. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and it's weird. Almost every game you turned into, yeah, they were talking about. Right, that's all they were talking yeah. about for the most part. KBO, which, which in the Washington game was good because <laughs> there's nothing really else to right. talk about. KBOI News Time is uh, six fifteen. Uh, a lot of other sports. By the way, today is Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler will be with him with us about eight thirty five. Right now, uh, a lot of other sports going on this weekend. Chris, to tell you about it, it's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go. When you want breakfast and lunch any day, not only great food, but lots of it. They open up at 7 a.m. Monday through Friday, seven days a week. The Boise State men's tennis team over the weekend completed the second tournament of the fall, competing at the ITA Bedford Cup in the mountains in Colorado Springs. The Broncos opened with wins in their first four doubles matches. The duo of Caden Morthot and Jan Luca Marquat went three and one. Idris Haddish and Teague Berger were two and one. In the singles, Morthot and Marquat both were two and one. Haddish and Berger each went one and two. Boise State will be back in Colorado Springs starting Thursday for the ITA Mountain Region Championships, which will run through Monday, October 2nd. The Bronco women's tennis team competed in Boise at the sixth annual Barb Chandler Classic. The duo Pauline Ernstberger and Shauna Heffernan went undefeated to win the top doubles flight. Heffernan, Bakhti Shaw, and Ella Perone each were unbeaten in singles. Beginning Friday, Ernstberger, Nicole DeCenza, and Lorellis Marufo will compete in the week-long ITA All-American Championships in Cary, North Carolina. The remainder of the team will compete in the beach tennis tournament in Long Beach, California. That's October 6th through the 8th. It was your day in the NFL Sunday. If you like lopsided wins, the Dolphins became the first NFL team since 1966 to score 70 points in a game, defeating Denver 70-20. to The Dolphins gained 726 yards in total offense. That is the second highest in NFL history, beaten by only nine yards by the Los Angeles Rams, who gained 735 yards in the opening game of the 1951 season. Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa finished the day with four touchdown passes and only three incompletions. So he had more touchdowns than he did incomplete passes. The Buffalo Bills intercepted four passes, defeating Washington 37-3. In other blowouts, it was the Texans over Jacksonville 37-17, the Browns over Tennessee 27-3, and Kansas City over the Bears 41-10. The Hollywood writers' strike is now over, but since they haven't made any new primetime programs yet, there are two Monday Night Football games again tonight. Like last week, it's not a doubleheader. Philadelphia plays Tampa Bay at 5 on ABC, and the Rams play at Cincinnati at 6 on ESPN. That's sports. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 
6.33. He's Chris Walden. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Our phone lines are open as usual so that you can take part in the show. That's always encouraged. 208-336-3700. Toll free 1-800-529-5264 and pound 670 if you have a Verizon wireless phones. By the way, those numbers are going to come in handy a couple times this morning. Uh, number one, a uh, chance for you to win with our Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. We've got a $50 gift to- certificate to Land Ocean, and we'll do that giveaway just before 9 o'clock. We'll tell you when to call in. If you listen to the post game, stayed up late, you know, be ready to call. If you want to take a guest, you can do that. Who knows? You You may be able to hit on it. Um, but anyway, we'll do that coming up here this morning. Don't forget, coming up. Friday after or Saturday afternoon this week, uh, stay for the post game once again because Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game always happens the Monday after a game. And this week, Boise State Broncos head the University of Memphis Bronco game day with Richie Brockle. Jay Bates will get underway at nine a.m. See, that's that that's a normal time. <laughs> that's a normal time for pregame to begin. Not five a.m. You know, not not late late evening. Bob Beeler, Pete Cavender, then 1 o'clock kickoff uh, happens at 2 o'clock. Pre-game with Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender will happen at 1. Uh, you can listen live across our uh, networks, KBOI, on 670 AM, 93.1 FM. You can listen on the KBOI app, Google Play, Alexa, wherever you can find KBOI. You'll be able to listen to the game once again coming up here this coming Saturday. Uh, other reason why those phone numbers are going to come in handy, we've got a chance for you to uh, pick up some free food, a $50 gift certificate to uh, for pizza this morning. Yes, we have pizza. Blaze Pizza gift certificates with our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Let you start working on that coming up here in about 25 uh, minutes or so. Blaze Pizza, by the way, locations across the Treasure Valley, and your gift certificate uh, can be used at any one of those locations. So lots of reasons to hang on. Join us this morning. Uh, lots of things we're going to be talking about. Um, Idaho Power, despite criticism, is uh, going to be raising their general rates again mm. coming up here uh, in January, it looks yeah, like, of this even year. Even though no one wants them to. Yeah. Um, and not just a little bit either. Um, look at your rate and add about 10% to your current rate because that's what uh, the average household oh, is going to be looking at. We'll talk about that a whole lot more coming up here on Newstalk KBOI. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We are three months away from Christmas today. Exactly three months. Still a ways away. However, and I know this is just the first full week of autumn, this week. Search has begun for Nampa's official Christmas tree for this year's holiday season. City is looking for a donation from a Nampa resident to have the tree removed and relocated to downtown Nampa where it will be decorated for the upcoming holiday season. Tree must be within Nampa city limits with easy access to main roads without any overhead utility obstructions and no backyard trees. Oh. Tree should be at least forty feet and must be a green or blue spruce. Man, they're being picky here for a free tree. <laughs> Other factors like shape and appearance may be considered in the city. Uh, like I said, has asked for no backyard trees to be donated because it's very difficult to take a tree, out of cut it down, and yeah, take a crane over the top of the house to, to get out of there. So front yard trees only. The uh, 
removal and transportation free of charge. Doesn't cost you anything. Not only that, but they will come back and they will grind down the stump to nothing for you. So yeah. if you have you have a tree that you've wanted to get rid of, you can do uh, basically two good deeds with uh, one one hit, one one grinder. Yeah, yeah. Donations going to be accepted until October sixth. City Forester will then review. And if they don't have one by then, they'll and probably accept them on December on October seventh. <laughs> we'll finally review and select the final tree. Oh, I'm sure they'll get probably quite a few people interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, those interested in donating can call this number two zero eight four six eight five eight nine zero. There you go. And the only reason I, th- I say that you're going to get you know probably quite a few people willing to donate or you know putting up their trees because there's you know a lot of times people get that tree and it's they want to get rid of it but i don't know if you've ever priced um either trimming or cutting down a tree in your yard yeah i mean you're talking thousands sometimes tens of thousands of dollars where i used to live i had some beautiful trees that uh got overloaded during a rainstorm which was followed by a windstorm unfortunately which knocked them over and then i had to have them all removed (laughs) um Oh, gosh, this is well over a decade ago. We have, like, uh, our old place had, like, 50, you know, mature trees Mm -hmm. um, on our property. And the entire time that we'd ever lived there, I don't know when the last time that they'd ever been trimmed. But, I mean, they were overgrown and needed to be trimmed up and all that. We had somebody come in uh, to give us a quote on what it would take to trim all the trees. And that quote was $18,000. And this was, uh, like I said, 15, they, 20 years ago. Are they still there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we said, how about if we just do this tree, this yeah. tree, and how much is that? Well, one more. We can afford one more. Because we can't afford a car to be <laughs> illuminated from our house. Exactly. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people. Once again, that number, if you are interested and you're in the city limits, you've got a 40-foot tree that you want to get rid of, 208 208- 468, even if you don't want to get rid of it, you just, you don't want to donate for a good cause, 208-468-5890. 645, time for another check of what's going on with sports. Big sports weekend over the weekend. Here's Chris with this update brought to you by Pork Belly and Kidda, where the uh, chef, Wally, already there with all of his helpers, making up deliciousness for breakfast, in-house smoked pork belly and pulled pork. We're talking, he puts his stuff on the smoker for 11 hours, uh, fresh shredded hash browns, handmade sausage patty, everything made from scratch. With love at Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. The Boise State women's soccer team finished its Colorado trip Sunday with a 1-1 tie with Air Force. Bronco freshman Cindy Connor scored a goal in the 82nd minute. It was her first as a member of the Boise State team. Goalkeeper Genevieve Crenshaw made seven saves. That ties her career high. The Broncos also beat Colorado College 2-1. That game was on Thursday. This Thursday, Boise State will host Wyoming at the Boaz Soccer Complex at 7 p.m. The final week of the 2023 Major League Baseball season is here, and there are still half the playoff spots up for grabs. Those in are Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and Minnesota in the American League, and Atlanta, the Dodgers, and Milwaukee in the National League. Seattle, Texas, Toronto, and Houston are still in the running for the three remaining American League seeds. Still with a chance at the last three National League spots are the Phillies, Diamondbacks, Cubs, Marlins, and Reds. Sunday, the Mariners lost to the Rangers 9-8. Tonight, Seattle will host the Astros. That's sports. 
Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 51 degrees in downtown Boise. You heard it there, upper 80s uh, through a lot of Treasure Valley today. Uh, Don't get used to it, though. Got cooler temperatures. (laughs) Coming your way later this week, maybe even some uh, rain showers by the uh, upcoming weekend, unfortunately. Coming up here for you this morning, uh, we've got a Blaze Pizza gift certificate. $50 worth of pizza. That'll get you a lot of pizza. And not only that, but it's delicious. And you'll be able to use this at any one of their Treasure Valley locations if you are able to win our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question today. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. All you have to do is call this one number, 208 888 28. Uh, our question today, in honor of the uh, writer's strike being over, uh, that doesn't mean everybody's going back to work yet. It has to be ratified. Uh, plus, there's still the actors who are on strike. Mm-hmm. So this is just one part of the strike that might possibly be over. They are in agreement anyway. Um, uh, we have a TV question for you today. Second most expensive television show ever made is Stranger Things, which now costs around $30 million per episode. Our question today is, what is the most expensive TV show ever made? By the way, I'll give you a hint this morning. Um, It blows way past Stranger (laughs) Things as far as Mm -hmm. how much money is spent. Very very expensive. Per episode. Yeah, I don't even know... It's shocking to me. I don't know how you make your money back if it costs more. I mean, we're talking more than. I mean, even at thirty million, that's more than some movies cost. I guess you just make more, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to. The math. We're losing money. Make more. We'll make it up in volume. If you know the answer, stick around. After eight, you can get that fifty dollars gift certificate to Blaze Pizza. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707, it's 51 degrees in downtown Boise, 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wires if you want to get through. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Text us also. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. A couple of things that we'll have an eye on uh, coming up this week. The second GOP debate is going to be happening on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Mountain. RNC still has not released its official list of participants, but so far looking uh, like Donald Trump, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, Mike Pence, Ron DeSantis, and Tim Scott have qualified so far. They haven't officially announced the list of qualifiers. Just qualified. Just qualified for the debate. But the chances that Donald Trump will show up are... He's already said no. He's not going to be there. So So it's a 0% that he's going to show up. Um, Doug Bergeron and uh, Asa Hutchinson, who were both in the first debate, don't look like they have... Qualified, met the higher qualifications as of yet. There is still time for them to make it. However, it's not looking good for them as of right now. So we'll be talking about that 
coming up here Thursday morning after the debate. Also, uh, this week, will the government shut down? Saturday is the Starting deadline. It's to look like it will. Yeah. Um, you can't, as of right now, and there's still a few days left, however, um, Kevin McCarthy sent everybody home on Thursday of last week for a four-day weekend, so there wasn't much negotiation going on uh, while everybody went home. They're back today. They have until Saturday to work out a deal. Um, and, and that's Saturday to work out a deal with Democrats. They haven't even worked out a deal on an agreement between Republicans to bring to the Democrats yeah. to try and vote. So, I mean, th- we're talking a long ways off. One of the things that uh, they can't basically come to an agreement with right now is whether or not we should continue to keep sending hundreds of millions of dollars to Ukraine when we basically see our budget deficit going up trillions of dollars every year. Um, Now, Republicans are really upset because they just found out that the Pentagon confirmed it would shield its operations to support the war in Ukraine from any potential U.S. government shutdown. So there are things that would be protected, according to Republicans, things like veterans, Social Security, um, things like that. But there would be immediate budget cuts on some of the proposals they're working on. But the White House says that they have protected money going from the U.S. to the Ukraine during any type of shutdown. Obviously, this did not make a lot of people happy, Republicans in particular, um, Representative Tiffany, Tom Tiffany of Wisconsin uh, wrote on uh, X, formerly Twitter, you can't make this up. Anna Paulina Luina of Florida said, I have zero interest in funding an eternal World War III, and that's the last things that Americans want. Representative Mara Flores of Texas says, how is this even legally possible? What, for the United States to get involved in a war involving another member of the U.N.? No. Shutting down, uh, not having any money to spend, but still spending money um, when there's no money to spend, when you're not spending it on on U.S. citizens, but you're still spending it on Ukraine. This is something I want to talk about this uh, this morning a little bit. Over the weekend, I was uh, reading an article that there were some military experts that said that there's a no-win we're at the point of there's no win coming out of this. This will be just something that the United States, for the foreseeable future, will just wow, continue the, sending billions and billions of dollars. That's the first time they've said that since the last war we were in. And the one before that, and the one before that, and the one before that. Except some of those came to an end. Well, they ended, but it was a no-win situation, and we didn't win, essentially. We just kind of stopped. Yeah. Um. Do you want to see, I mean, as of right now, there's been over $100 billion spent, sent to the Ukraine. Do you want to continue to see this going on? The United States has sent more funding to the Ukraine than the next four countries combined. Mm-hmm. And some of the people are upset by that. It's like, why are we the ones that are... Basically, short answer: We have the most money. Paying the money, you can't say Germany doesn't have money. I mean, they no, they, they have it. They generally keep it too. Exactly. 
they're they're a pem- member of NATO. Um, there's a growing number of people that are starting to say, "Wait a minute, with our budget the way it is, um, we need to make cuts somewhere." Is a cut to funding Ukraine now someplace we should be cutting? We are annoying the heck out of Putin. Is that worth it? That's a good question. Yeah, is a hundred billion dollars worth it to annoy somebody? Well, I mean, if it's Putin, it almost feels like it is. Can we annoy him for less than a hundred billion dollars? I would think so. Yeah, that's true. And like I said, if we weren't if we weren't dealing with a massive amount of inflation, because the money we're sending, I mean, we don't have the money. We're borrowing the money, and then we're making money to send to the Ukraine. So this isn't like we don't have a pocket full of money over here. This is this is money we've saved so that we can help and, the rest of the world. This right. is money that we borrow. And all the same, it's kind of a blip on the budget anyway. That kind of uh, basically in, increases inflation. Like I said, it's it's been, what, a year and a half. Over mm-hmm. $100 billion has already been sent to Ukraine. Or is this something that we need to do because we don't want Russia to continue its expanse into anywhere else in Europe? Is this like Afghanistan where we just continue to send money over there, making Russia continue to spend money till they finally go, you know what, I don't think we can win this either, so maybe we should just give up and and leave. I, I don't know what the plan or the goal is. But I'm curious as to what you think. Feel free to email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. We'll talk about this a little bit later this morning um, and get your thoughts in. Our phone lines, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Time for another update on what's going on with sports once again this morning from Pork Belly and CUNA. They are open as they are every morning at this time, 7 o'clock. Also get through the coffee drive through energy drinks, coffee, hot coffee, iced coffee, hip drips, and you don't even have to get out of your car. That's at Pork Belly in downtown CUNA. The Boise State men's tennis team over the weekend completed the second tournament of the fall, competing at the ITA Bedford Cup in the mountains in Colorado Springs. The Broncos opened with wins in their first four doubles matches. The duo of Caden Mortot and Jan Luca Marquat went three and one. Idris Haddish and Teague Berger were two and one. In singles, Mortot and Marquat both were two and one. Haddish and Berger each went one and two. Boise State will be back in Colorado Springs starting Thursday for the ITA Mountain Region Championships, which will run through Monday, October 2nd. The Bronco women's tennis team competed in Boise at the 6th Annual Barb Chandler Classic. The duo Pauline Ernstberger and Shauna Heffernan went undefeated to win the top doubles flight. Heffernan, Bakhti Shah, and Ella Perron each were unbeaten in singles. Beginning Friday, Ernst Berger, along with Nicole DeSenza and Lorellis Marufo, will compete in the week-long ITA All-American Championships. Those are in Cary, North Carolina. The remainder of the team will compete in the Beach Tennis Tournament in Long Beach, California. That's October 6th through the 8th. It was your day in the NFL Sunday. If you like lopsided wins, the Dolphins became the first NFL team since 1966 to score 70 points in a game, defeating Denver 70-20. to the Dolphins gained 726 yards in total offense. That's the second highest in NFL history, beaten by only nine yards by the Los Angeles Rams, who gained 735 yards in the opening game of the 1951 season. 
Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa finished the day with four touchdown passes and only three incompletions. The Buffalo Bills intercepted four passes, defeating Washington 37-3. In other blowouts, it was the Texans over Jacksonville 37-17, the Browns over Tennessee 27-3, and Kansas City over the Bears 41-10. The Hollywood Writers' Strike is now over, but since they haven't made any new primetime programs yet, there are two Monday night football games again tonight. Like last week, it's not a doubleheader. Philadelphia plays Tampa Bay at 5 on ABC, and the Rams play at Cincinnati on 6 on ESPN. It is 717 at Sports. Casper and Chris on KBOI.com. We are News Talk KBOI. Is it a huge surprise because September is traditionally the worst month for uh, stocks. Uh, a lot of people, of course, you know, with stocks being down or buying on uh, the hopes of the rebound coming out for the rest of the year. Uh, not starting out the day any better today than we ended the week last week, down 109 points on the Dow futures as of right now, eight minutes ahead of the opening. However, the Jeremiah, I want you to talk a little bit uh, this morning. AI doesn't seem to be going away, is it? No, no. I mean, and that's kind of the thing that uh, it's kind of the theme of this year. When you look at all the uncertainty and turmoil, especially from the macroeconomic drop, we're still seeing gains across the board, particularly in the technology sector. And true, the the I guess uh, eyebrow up in this regard is that there's been seven companies that have been driving the performance of really all of the market. And it's all been about this artificial intelligence hype. And we're seeing these major technology companies to the likes of Microsoft, Google, Apple, and Amazon doing significant investments in this space. So this, this artificial intelligence war, like this war for dominance, it's waging on. And Amazon broke news that they're doing a huge investment to keep in, to keep up with its rivals like Microsoft and Google, and they're going to invest $4 billion in an artificial or artificial intelligence startup. It's basically a rival of chat GPT, which most people are familiar with. And one thing we got to understand is it, it, it takes an, a tremendous amount of cost to train and run these AI models. So that's why you're seeing such a, such a high level of investment. Not too long ago, you had Microsoft doing a multi-billion dollar, multi-year investment in OpenAI, which is the creator of JetGPT. So it's interesting. But if you look at Amazon, if you look at just the sheer amount of cash that this company is sitting on, of cash and cash equivalents based on its most recent earnings, $64 billion. <laughs> so, oh, so they got the, afford- mon- they got the yeah. money to spend. Yeah, no, they definitely got the money but to spend. But it, it kind of shows this, this broader theme where you have these giant technology companies that are their, their real objective is growth and innovation. And they see this tech, this artificial intelligence technology that could be disruptive and they are putting their money where their mouth is in the form of billions and billions of dollars going into these companies. So if you're an investor, I mean, yeah, if you look at kind of where the market's going, I, I wouldn't be surprised if from this point to the end of the year, we could see something along the lines of a 5% pullback. If we start seeing price pressures tick up. We start to see some economic deterioration. We could see a little jitters in the market. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. But as far as forward looking and where there's possibly opportunity, I am not sleeping on artificial intelligence. And if you're looking at where the big boys are putting their money, it's clearly in this space. All right. As of right now, like I said, we're uh, down on all three of the indexes ahead of the opening here in a few minutes. We'll uh, get updates from you throughout the day and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents.
Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 741, it is 51 degrees in downtown Boise. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to email us, you can email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Dow is officially open. It's been open for nine minutes. We're down across the board. 112 points to the uh, red side on the Dow as of right now. Uh, Donnie wrote in, email mike at kboi.com, writes in, uh, you had talked about the things that we're looking forward to talking about this week. You missed one of the big ones. Donnie, you are 100% correct. I did. I apologize. Uh, House begins impeachment inquiry hearings Thursday. So you got the GOP primary, or GOP debate, rather, um, on Wednesday night, you have the impeachment inquiry hearings beginning on Thursday. And then if they don't reach a, an agreement in Congress, the shutdown of the federal government begins on Saturday. Those are some of the things, especially later in the week, that will be big news, of course, that we're talking about. Mm. Have you ever lost uh, one of your kids before? Uh not grandkids. As, not as such. We uh, showed up to the bus uh, stop the other day to pick up our granddaughter and didn't see her get off the bus. Uh, she walked with another kid over to uh, some other woman, and so we were looking for her for like a half hour. And finally, she was just sitting in the park being read to by this other woman who was <laughs> kind of wondering where we were. Kind of horrifying, isn't it? Uh, you can't just a tad. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I mean, we've had kids that get lost in the store. I mean, they just wander off. You think you, you've got them, you tell them don't leave, and then all of a sudden they're missing. And yeah, it's a, it's a horrifying experience um, for anybody. But I couldn't even imagine um, this Michigan parents uh, and this story. A two-year-old girl who walked barefoot more than three miles with her family's two dogs was found after four hours. They found her uh, sleeping with uh, one of their family dogs. The two dogs were watching over her. Wow. And uh, one of them, she was, she was fast asleep using the dog as a pillow. <laughs> Troopers were called to the house in rural Michigan. She didn't, she didn't know she was lost. She was with no, the dogs. Yeah. Uh, around 8 p.m. after the toddler, Thay Chase, had wandered away from home. Uh, Brooke Chase, Thay's mother, said that she had an instinct to check on her daughter who had been playing in the backyard and learned the toddler's uncle told Thay to go inside because she had no shoes on. And, of course, two-year-olds don't listen to uncles or parents or anything. Um, And um, when they realized Thay wasn't in the house, they began calling and yelling and searching. They searched about 20 minutes before Chase's husband said that we need to call the police. Police said that when we get a call like that, everything else stops. Around midnight, four hours after police were first notified, family friend searching for Thay on an all-terrain vehicle came across uh, Chase's family Rottweiler, Buddy, (laughs) who started barking as they approached Chase. Yeah, Two-year-old was discovered a short way off on the trail, sleeping on the ground with her head atop Hartley, the family's English Springer. When the ATV driver tried to get near the toddler to wake her up, the small dog growled. Mm Mm-hmm. She said that the parents said yeah, that she has I've those been, dogs wrapped around her I've finger. I've been protecting this kid for four hours. Yep. I'm not about to stop now. Yeah. Um, this is the uh, mom, Brooke Chase, talking about the ordeal. 
I'm just running up and down the road. We we were driving up and down the road trying to search everywhere, and we're not hearing any of the dogs. They're not coming to our calls. She's not coming to our calls, and I'm just panicking. I'm thankful for the dogs being with her because I guess when she was found, the only reason she was found was because the dog was Buddy, our bigger Rottweiler, was standing there, and he said he went to touch her to wake her up because she was still sleeping when he pulled up. <laughs> Two years old, barefoot, walking three miles. Now you watch. When that kid becomes a teenager and mom says, hey, can you mm-hmm. walk down half a mile to Zora? Mom! I'm not going to walk a whole well, and, half mile! And you heard about the 10 and 11-year-old that drove their mother's car 200 miles. Wow. Absolutely. It's horrifying, but at least uh, we're we're talking about a happy ending here because it could have been way different. KBY Newstime 745, getting the final check on what's going on with sports once again this morning. Here's Chris. It's brought to you by Pork Belly in downtown CUNA. The Boise State women's soccer team finished its Colorado trip Sunday with a 1-1 tie with Air Force. Bronco freshman Cindy Connor scored a goal in the 82nd minute. It was her first as a member of the Boise State team. Goalkeeper Genevieve Crenshaw made seven saves. That ties her career high. The Broncos also beat Colorado College 2-1. That game was on Thursday. This Thursday, Boise State will host Wyoming at the Boaz Soccer Complex at 7 p.m. The final week of the 2023 Major League Baseball season is here, and there are still half the playoff spots up for grabs. Those in are Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and Minnesota in the American League, and Atlanta, the Dodgers, and Milwaukee in the National League. Seattle, Texas, Toronto, and Houston are still in the running for the three remaining American League seeds. Still with a chance at the last three National League spots are five teams, the Phillies, Diamondbacks, uh, Cubs, Marlins, and Reds. Sunday, the Mariners lost to the Rangers 9-8. Tonight, Seattle will host the Astros. That's sports. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 752-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, reminder for you, if you watched uh, or listened to the Boise State game, and you stuck around for the postgame afterwards... Just so you could find out what the play of the game was, Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game every Monday morning. We give away some free food. We'll be doing it again coming up just about an hour from right now during Bronco Monday when Bob Beeler is with us. We do this every Monday morning just before 9 o'clock. If you know the play of the game or you think you can uh, guess it, even as I was watching it, I thought, hmm, I wonder if this is going to be the play yeah. of the game. If you did watch the whole game, you might be able to guess it. Yeah, you might be able. I mean, it's, there were, the there were some picked. highlights. It's the one I picked. It's the one you picked. So. Yeah, there were some there were some highlights uh, all throughout the game that you could have uh, chosen as the play of the game. But uh, for those of you who stuck around and listened to the post game afterwards uh, with Prater in the ball game, you know exactly what play it is, and you can get that fifty dollars gift certificate this morning. Once again, giving you a chance to get a uh, Land Ocean fifty dollars gift certificate. We'll do that coming up in just about an hour. Good news for you today. For those of you who have been dying to test whether or not when you get sick, if you have COVID, but uh, you didn't want to pay for your oh, tests. Yeah. Four. You can get four. Today, uh, the government has announced through their website, covidtest.gov, they will be handing out free COVID tests again. They had stopped doing this uh, 
what, earlier this year when mm-hmm. uh, COVID had started to back off, but we're seeing an increase in COVID. So uh, Department of Health and Human Services announced that they will award $600 million to a dozen domestic COVID-19 test manufacturers to supply home tests for free once again. The investment will deliver about $200 million new over-the-counter COVID-19 tests. you have any of your left tests left over from I the last st- time? St- yeah, I still have one left over. <laughs> uh, I don't even know whether it's good or not. I don't know how long they stay good, but... Uh, you can get four new ones mm-hmm. for your family. For free. Right. Um, previous yeah, rounds. You do have to sign up and you know, yes. order them. Yes. HHS secured uh, and the Postal Service delivered more than 755 million free tests to households here in the United States. The COVID tests free for Americans launched in early 2022 as long Lines and home test shortages made it difficult for Americans to uh, get checked for the uh, COVID. So they decided to do that for free and will continue as of today. Hospitalizations up 7.7% in the last week. Deaths 4.5% in the past week. But totals remain far below their previous peaks, uh, which is good news. So for those of and, you interested in getting your free and, COVID test, you can just and, by signing up. And now the alternative news. Nothing happened this week. <laughs> 208-336-3700-pound-670 on your Verizon wireless. Once again, uh, do you think the United States should continue to send as much money as we are sending to Ukraine for the Russia-Ukraine war? That's it. I mean, there's, there, there's no wrong answer here. Are, are you losing support? It was just announced uh, over the weekend that no matter what happens in the budget showdown, if the United States ends up closing the federal government because a uh, decision can't be reached, an agreement can't be reached between the Republicans and Democrats, Biden has already announced that he has uh, made plans that even though the government will be shut down, money will still be flowing to Ukraine from the United States. We're into this thing uh, coming up on two years. Not a whole lot has changed. Well, the good news is uh, the Ukraine is still a country. Do you still support sending money to Ukraine to fight the Russians? Has, Has that support waned any from the beginning if you were fully in support? Email in, uh, Ron in Cascade says, the money going to Ukraine is nothing but a money laundering scheme by Republicans and Democrats. Republicans and Democrats. That's, that's what well, he said. Well, thank goodness they're finally working together. It's bipartisan. I, I'd, I'd like to contact, what do you, what do you mean, what, how is it money laundering specifically? Ron, if you could write back, what, what do you mean by it's a money laundering scheme by Republicans and Democrats. That's all That's all it is. Your thoughts. We'll talk more about this later this morning. We've got Bronco Monday on the way here in about half an hour. Uh, but we'll take more of your thoughts. If you want to email us right now, you can. Chris at KBOI.com. Mike at KBOI.com. You can also text us, 208-336-3700. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
806. It's 52 degrees in downtown Boise. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email us, Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Wanted to talk uh, about new polling numbers. A couple of new polls out this uh, weekend that had uh, chins a wagon. Shocking new ABC Washington News poll released on Sunday shows President Joe Biden trailing former President Donald Trump by 10 points. That was a discussion. Was that the shocking part? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, hmm. pretty pretty shocking. Not really. I mean, maybe 10 is a shocking number. Well, considering there's no poll showing either one of them leading by any right now, when you have a poll coming out, and it's an ABC Washington News poll um, showing a 10-point lead by Donald Trump, that does not fall within the... Maybe it's one of those polls where they call people up and say, Error. You, you wouldn't not want that to not happen, right? Host Martha Raddatz of uh, this week on Sunday kicked off the panel segment midway through the show with some blunt analysis. Trump with a nine-point lead over President Biden in that poll. And whatever caveats, whether that is an outlier, that's a tough one to spin. It's a tough one to spin, Martha, but I don't believe Democrats should be sitting in a panic room. I think they should be out there in the streets like they've been all year long. Look, after all, Democrats have won in places like New Hampshire, a, 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 a district that Donald Trump carried. This Democrat won by six points. Democrats won in down in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Democrats have won in Wisconsin. Democrats also with the ballot measure in Ohio. So don't go into the panic room just yet. Get out there, make your case to the American people. If the American people are angry, uh, in fact, uh, th- there's an angry emoji all over the country. They're angry because of electric. Their gas bill has come due. The electric bill has come due. Their rent's due. And they don't, they don't feel it in their pocket. So get back to the kitchen table and start talking to but, the but, American people. But that's people. exactly it. They are talking to the American people. You heard Pete Buttigieg, too. They are talking, and yet it is those pocketbook issues. The message may be out there, but they're not feeling it. Well, you, yeah, 13 million jobs created, lower prescription drug prices. You hear all of this great news, and then you go into the grocery store, and you try to, you're still in the aisle where they sell the vegetables and the fruit. You haven't even turned around to the meat, and already you've spent $70. They're not feeling it. Yeah, you can say a lot, as James Brown would say, talking loud and saying nothing. But at the end of the day, there's more than enough time to turn all of this bad weather around and go out there and make your case to the American people. Martha, Sarah, should they be panicking? The economy's been getting better and Joe Biden's numbers have been getting worse. That tells you something about what the American people are trying to tell these pollsters. Set aside the individual questions. The Democratic Party, though, has a really serious problem, which is there's no one on the bench. You know, you look more in that poll. Uh, do you want Harris to be the nominee? No. Do you want Buttigieg? No. Someone else got 20%. The Democrats have had a historically weak bench for the last 10 plus years. It's because everyone's Joe Biden's age. So there's no one to replace Biden on the ticket. And so they're stuck with him a little bit. And his numbers keep going down and his appearances keep getting worse. Um, It's interesting because you heard her talk about somebody else. That somebody else has right. no name. They just right. want it's somebody just, else than anybody mentioned that was, right there. That, that, was 20%. One of, that was one of the choices. Uh, <laughs> nobody we've mentioned? Uh, no. Now, as, as James Brown would say, I like that when they quote James Brown. I'll quote him. As James Brown would say, get up, I feel like being a sex machine. 
Uh, now, granted, let, let a man come in and do the popcorn. Polls don't, in, in the grand scheme of things right now, we're over a year away from the election. Polls don't mean a whole lot as of right now. You know, because they're trying, when they do the polls, they say, hey, if the election was held today, the only problem is the election isn't hold, held today. However, it does give, you know, guidance as to what the campaign should or shouldn't do, where they're going. Uh, that same poll, by the way, um, President Trump has grown to 43% in uh, GOP polling against his other people that are running. It's going to be interesting to see because he saw a little bit of a dip right after the last GOP debate. Remember, he, he dropped yeah. about two or three points, but he's gained all that back. Now that another GLP de- debate is coming up, he is not participating again. We'll see if anybody can run away with the debate coming up here on Wednesday night and make inroads into Trump. Another poll released on Sunday from NBC, NBC News poll. Biden's disapproval rating has ticked up to 56%, which is the highest since he has been president for a disapproval rating. 41% saying they approve. The survey also shows support for Biden slipping with voters age 18 to 24, who reported a 46% approval rating. Latinos, who reported 43% in independents, who will likely be the deciding general election factor, only at uh, 36%. We've said that all along. It doesn't matter how much support Trump has from Republicans. It doesn't matter how much support Biden has from Democrats. It's all going to come down to catering to those independents people people with no affiliation exactly those are the people who are going to make a decision on the uh, upcoming election 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless we will uh, take a break when we come back those numbers are going to come in handy if you'd like to get a 50 dollars gift certificate to blaze pizza with casper and chris damn near impossible question it's up next right after bronco sports today Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Yes, it is. And this Casper and Chris damn near impossible question is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128 for all your real estate needs. And we've got a Blaze Pizza gift certificate, $50 gift certificate. It's going to get you a lot of pizza, and it's good pizza, too. And you can use it at any one of their Treasure Valley locations if you win. Lisa, you're going to get first crack at her question today. Second most expensive television show ever made is Stranger Things which cost around $30 million per episode. Our question today is, what is the most expensive TV show ever made? I believe it's Lord of the Rings, Ring of Power, something like that. Amazon Prime's Lord of the Rings is the most expensive. You got it. $58 million per episode. (laughs) I I, I don't even know how you make back your money when it's costing you $58 million per episode because there are some movies that don't yeah. cost $58 million to make. Congratulations, Lisa. Oh, you got a $50 gift certificate. Have you seen uh, Lord of the Rings on Amazon? I've actually never watched any shows of that, even the movies, or <laughs> if there were movies. Oh, the movies are good. Um, hang on the okay. line. We'll get some information from you. Uh, I am curious. I have not. Have you... Chris, watch Lord of the Rings I on yet. Amazon Prime. I have not on, watched On the other hand, I saw all six of the movies. Yeah, I watched. I, the movies were fantastic. The books were even better. Uh, I have not watched the television show. I might have to now just to find out where that $58 million per episode is, is going. Maybe it's 
Special effects? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I have to yeah. check it out. Hey, congratulations. Uh, we've got all this week $50 gift certificates to give away to Blaze Pizza. So don't worry. If you didn't get through to win this morning, you've got four more chances. Still more winning on the way to s- today. Uh, coming up here in about half an hour, uh, we'll be looking for a winner of our Treasure Valley Subaru Play of the Game. From the Boise State game against San Diego State. If you listened into the post game with Prater in the ball game, you know what that play of the game is because they give it to you during the post game after every game. Even if you didn't listen, you want to maybe try and guess possibility of being able to do that. We'll give you a chance to win that coming up here. Like I said, coming up in half an hour. We'll take a break here. News coming up next. And when we come back, Bob Beeler will be with us. Bronco Monday. We're talking about the latest win. And Boise State now in first place in the Mountain West after one game in the Mountain West. <laughs> we'll talk about that, plus the upcoming game this weekend against Memphis. That's all in the way after news at the bottom of the hour. This is Bronco Monday. The ball is caught for a Bronco touchdown. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob, Bob. Beeler on your flagship for Bronco football, News Talk, KBOI. 8.35, Bob Beeler with us once again. Oh, it's so much nicer on Bronco Monday mm. when we're talking after a win, and especially when that uh, win is in the Mountain West. Yeah, and the win was the 24th straight win in an opening conference game. That, of course, goes back to several conferences. Mm-hmm. So 24 years in a row. When you look at Boise State, 1-0 and to start conference play, that's huge. I think maybe even more impressive, the fact that they've won 19 of their last 20 road Mountain West games. That's, that is impressive. Actually done better over the last 20 games on the road in the conference than they have at home. So. Which is really strange considering, you know, uh, for the last 20 years how good at right. home they had been. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes teams that I've been with focus better on the road. Yeah. Because... It's just you, it's the team, you're on the road, you you know, you you have to overcome what's happening, you know, in you know, if the crowd is a hostile environment. So they've done a but, tremendous job in that respect the but last Yeah, your you know, focus on the road is completely on football, whereas at home you've got your normal life plus football. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. But uh again, also helps when you have a running back that leads the country wow. in all purpose yards, Ashton Genty. 205 yards rushing on 23 carries. That's about nine yards a carry. He had two touchdowns. And then, oh, by the way, he caught four passes for 49 yards. So that was another, uh, you know, four plays that, you know, once they got him in space, he's tough to bring down. But he, he is easily the MVP through the first third of the season. Easily. Oh, easily, yeah. The, the one thing I don't, and maybe you can give us a little bit better of this because, you know, in, in watching the game on television, um, I don't pay as much attention to that, but the, the things you see with Genty so far, um, great at running, uh, great at catching out of the backfield. I mean, he, he's got great hands. Uh, where is he on blocking um, that third thing that's always important, especially when it comes to NFL scouts in the future? They want to know how well you block. Is, does he do a good job? I, I think he's gotten a lot better at that, so I, I don't think that's an issue. I mean, his biggest thing is when he gets out in the open spaces, he can make you miss. And then between the tackles, <laughs> right he's powerful. He had a couple of runs where I thought for sure he goes into the mm-hmm. pile, and I think, oh, it's going to be about a five-yard gain. You know, not that a five-yard gain is mm-hmm. anything you want to throw you know, stones at. Hard to but, grab. But he's hard to grab. He's hard to bring down. The next thing you know, he either squirts out or, you know, 
overpowers somebody, you know, low center of gravity, tough to bring down. He never falls backwards. No. Yeah, he's always falling forward for uh, at least a minimum of one or two more yards. Well, like they had the fourth down on the drive that put him up 10 at the very end. He had a fourth and short to make mm-hmm. it. Anybody, in the anybody first of all, in the stadium that didn't think he was carrying, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're not paying attention. And then second of all, I don't think there's anybody that didn't think he was going to make it. Is, is your philosophy, if the running is working, just keep running? Yes. Okay. I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah. until they I stop mean, it. Until they stop you. Right. The, other, the other great thing about a run game like that, and, and I think you could see it definitely from your vantage point probably better than us because you get to see the mm-hmm. whole team, is it just started wearing down mm-hmm. San Diego State in the second half. Yeah, it did. It's also mentally difficult because it's like, oh, here they come again, too, besides yeah. physically. <laughs> um, turnovers were huge. Boise State, in my opinion, probably doesn't win the game without two turnovers. They get the one, especially that, that one, yeah. And the first ha- on the first drive at the one yard line, and the the quarterback for San Diego State was trying to fight for some extra yardage. Rodney Robinson came in there, stripped him. Andrew Simpson recovered. I would have been happy if the ball was at the one because you would have denied points. But they said they actually recovered it in the end zone, so he got it at the twenty. And then I thought the game that kind of the, the turnover that tipped it was the second one in the second half. Where they recovered the fumble on San Diego's uh, 26-yard line, Hassanin poked it out, and uh, Virgin recovered it because that put them up two scores. Then every time San Diego and they scored twice when they were down ten, including once at the end, then they didn't get the onside kick. But it really turned the complexion of the game because it was a three-point game, kind of going back and forth. And by getting that fumble and then the short field, it ended up being a ten-point game at that point, and it kind of made it difficult for the Aztecs. Yeah. I know there's a lot of great things that you can look at with uh, Jenny, the offensive line, um, even even Green running for the touchdown where it looked like he wasn't going to get past the line of scrimmage. He carried 11 times. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot to to look at, but you can nitpick. There, there's also stuff to uh, yeah. that are of concern. For instance, San Diego State, this was their highest offensive output of the year against Boise State, and... It, it, what, uh, their quarterback competed, what, 11, 12 passes in a row? I think it was 11 first, for 11. Yeah. He, he had his best game. He he was also their leading rusher. Uh, tackling, I thought, was an issue for Boise State. And Coach Avalos, you'll hear when we get to him, he'll talk a little bit about that being a problem. Uh, I also thought special teams, as far as coverage, was a problem. They gave yeah. up a 71-yard kickoff return to start the game, and then there was a 36-yard punt return in there as well. So, you know, certainly yeah, they, uh, things that... That need to be cleaned up. San Diego State kept uh, converting on third down too. Just over yeah, and, and, it over did, and over. it didn't matter if it was third and one or third and ten because they right. had a couple third and nines and third and tens that they were able to uh, get to. I was just curious, um, in your opinion, is it a problem with defensive line not getting enough pressure? Problem with the back end, or is it truly a combination of both? I mean, we lost a lot on uh, to graduation last year. I think probably a little bit of both. Um, one sack in the game. Uh, he was a tough guy to bring down. He was bigger than, you know, most quarterbacks. Um, but I think it's something that, you know, if, if I'm rushing you, Chris, I mean, Mike, and Chris is playing in the secondary, if I get in there faster, Chris doesn't have to cover as long. Right. Mm-hmm. And if Chris is doing a better job covering, then I have that extra second to get to you. So I think it's probably, it's kind of like the old, what, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sort of, you need a little bit better coverage in the back end, you need a little better pat, pass rush on the front end. Um, it is, uh, looking at 
Washington, for instance, UCF, um, those are uh, not looking now as yeah. horrendous of losses as they first appeared. Especially how strong Washington um, really Yeah, Washington is. Yeah. looks just great. And even US, UCF the UCF, had, they did get beat this past week. Yeah, the, they, And the quarterback that played against us hasn't played the last right. two weeks. Um, and it, it's still looking like, uh, and we're ranked, for instance, even going into this weekend, uh, Boise State was ranked ahead of a 3-0 and Colorado. Now, Colorado got kind of exposed this weekend. Um, but it, it, when you look at it, strength of schedule um, is going to help them out, I think, um, in, in the long run when we get into Mountain West play and, and playing those tougher teams. They don't look as like horrific as losses as they first appeared in the season, even though you would like to get a win in one or maybe both of them. But KBY News Time is 842. Uh, we'll take a break. Coming up, don't forget, we have a $50 gift certificate we're going to be giving away uh, to Land to Ocean. If you know the play of the game, you heard Bob do it. Uh, if you listen in to the post game, you know what it is. Stick around. We'll do that on the way. When we come back, we'll hear from the coach. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk. KBOI. 8.45, Bob Beeler with us once again. It is Bronco Monday, talking about the uh, latest game, plus the upcoming game against uh, Memphis. We'll get to in just a little bit. Let's hear from Coach Avalos. Post-game, he spoke with us, and one of the questions we asked him in a 34-31 win over San Diego State, a lot of big plays, what he thought were the deciding factors. Uh, We ran the ball. We got takeaways when, you know, we needed to. We were able to capitalize off of those things. Um... But ultimately, how we ran the ball was a deciding factor in the game. We picked it up on special teams. Uh, as the game went on, we got stronger and played played much better on special teams. And we talked about the two fumbles that were key, and Genty, of course, running the ball. He had 205 of Boise State's 241 yards rushing. So Genty was the star, a couple of touchdowns, first 200-yard game since Alexander Madison. And this is what the coach had to say about his running back. Yeah, I mean, week in and week out, he, he just – he shows what he's capable of doing. Um, you know, I give it to to our O line and our tight ends, the wide receivers, everybody that was blocking. They did a, a heck of a job up front. You know, wearing out that defensive front that's proven to be uh, really physical and play with a certain mentality week in and week out. I think from a lines perspective and a downfield, you know, the receivers blocking downfield. I think it's key when you have a running back that does a good job because I think it keeps you engaged mm-hmm. because you know especially the guys downfield, that he may get to you and your block may be key to getting him another yeah. 5 to 10 yards. Uh, defensive te- effort, we talked about the turnovers, uh, but Coach said there's still a lot to clean up defensively. We, we've got to tackle better. I mean, we've got to do a much better job and uh, how we're coaching, uh, tackling, and how we're emphasizing the standard we hold our guys to at practice because we missed way too many tackles tonight. I love the way the guys fought at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, I was I was proud of you know the defense and just staying persistent. We uh, we didn't get off the field on third downs, but the guys kept fighting, and ultimately that's what it's about. And again, the the teams throughout the country, it just seems like this year tackling, as it has been the last couple of years, always a a concern. Uh, teams don't hit and tackle nearly as much as they did, you know, fifteen or twenty years ago, probably for good reason, but. It is something that always is a concern. And then when you get the conference opening win over San Diego State, a team that Boise State was 4-4 four and four against, so now the Broncos have a winning record against everybody in the conference. Ask him what he was most proud of. Yeah, again, I mean, just their grit and to be resilient tonight. Um, you know, we, we didn't start the game very fast. We gave up an explosive play, give up a drive, and then get a takeaway down there right on the one-inch line. Um, but... 
love these guys. I love the way they stay in the fight. I really, I really felt like we worked as a team today, not only on the field but on the sideline, and we got to continue to do that. We got to continue to do that in practice. Um, and and I'm very proud of uh, what we were able to do on a short week coming down here in the first conference game, playing a very tough opponent on the road. Short week is going to end up being a positive because you can't fly out of San Diego State without paying a large fine. Excuse me, out of San Diego without paying a large <laughs> fine. So we had to drive to Ontario, which was about an hour and a half, I think. I was kind of trying to sleep if I could on the bus. Didn't arrive until about five five thirty in the morning. Wow. But it was nice having the game on a Friday because then you got a full weekend. Uh, going to be a longer trip to Memphis. Memphis is three and one. We'll talk about them in a few minutes. A few seconds. Wow. Um, other uh, I, anything you noticed uh, about play around the Mountain West that sticks <laughs> out to you besides the Boise State San Diego game? I, I think Air Force. I didn't see the game because it was at the same time as ours. Right. But it was twenty to ten. San Jose was in front in San Jose, and then you blink and you see the score come around, and Air Force in the second half just totally annihilated them. Uh, I think Fresno State is for real. They remain undefeated. They moved into the top 25, so I think those two. Wyoming wins again against Appalachian State. I, I think the upper part of the league is better this year than it's been in a while. And UNLV continues yes. uh, to surprise. <laughs> I keep I keep waiting for them to falter like they have in the past, and so far they haven't. Exactly. The new coach, Barry Odom, you know, probably maybe was the difference maker. Maybe that <laughs> was a good finally move. the year. <laughs> I don't Possible. know. The only losses to Michigan, right? Yeah. yeah, a lot of people are going to lose to Michigan. Yeah, so. what is Michigan? I think Michigan is top five right now. Yeah. They're like number three or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, UNLV has kind of been a uh, surprise uh, this year too. Um, we're going to take a break here. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about the uh, upcoming game against Memphis. Bob will give us a little insight into that team. Uh, plus, don't forget, still on the way, the play of the game. We've got a $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean. If you listened in to the post game with uh, Prater in the ball game on Friday night, you know what that play is. You might even be able to guess it, and there's nothing wrong. If you guess correctly, you can win, too. So that $50 gift certificate could be yours coming up in just a couple of minutes. It's Bronco Monday here on News Talk KBOI. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk KBOI. 853, uh, Dominic, I've got an email in. This one's for you, Bob. Okay. It says, uh, hey, I was listening to Bob's Boise State update and heard him say something about a fine or some special fee you have to pay to fly out of San Diego. Is that some sort of bizarro California law no. or whatever because you're using an airplane to travel? What did he mean by that? If you, the, the airport basically closes at midnight. You can land after midnight, but you can't take off. And... There's a fine, and we looked it up. It's anywhere from like two to ten thousand dollars is the fine. <laughs> now, the Major League Baseball, when you play the Padres, they just scratch the checkout, and 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 they pay the fine. Right. You ever been to San Diego? The airport is right there in downtown. You, yeah, you got San Jose. San Jose the has the same rule. You can't you can't take off after midnight. So when we go down there and play a night game, you've got to go to Oakland to fly out if you want to go after midnight. <laughs> if you don't want to pay a fine, right? So you can do it, and and the Major League Baseball and the NFL, when the Chargers were there, those teams are not going to drive an hour and a half or whatever it was to right. Ontario. So well, that, that's for, what I mean by and, that. And for Boise State, they just don't have 10000 to burn <laughs> yeah. to being able yeah, to take we off asked, after midnight. We looked up the fine because it's like, well, what what do you think the fine is? I mean, would you pay 50 bucks a person to to not have to ride? 
I, I would have, but I think it's significantly more than yeah, that. Yeah, so and that, you couldn't and figure out how they determine. Like, if it was further past midnight, is the fine more? more? Yeah. I, I don't know, but there is a fine. So, Dominic, uh, it's not a bizarre law. It's just the fact that uh, anybody who's flown in and out of San Diego, it fly. You fly right over the top of the the city. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, <laughs> it would wake a lot of people up throughout the night if they were yeah, landing and taking yeah, off at that so. time. I don't know. We, we thought maybe the TV networks, if you want to put the game in San Diego at a late time, maybe Fox or CBS should have Comes to Comes up with that. some money, yeah. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, it. It should seems, have asked for it in the seems, contract. Seems fair, doesn't it? Now, this week again, we've seen amazing quarterback play all year against Boise State. Everybody has been at least a returning starter. Seth Hennigan, who we'll see this week for Memphis, is in his third year starting. And this guy can throw it. Uh, he's averaging almost 300 yards a game, 277 throwing, and uh, completing 69% of his passes. Memphis is a team that likes to throw the football. Mm-hmm. And guess where Boise State has trouble? <laughs> well, they, uh, they're averaging 279 through the air, 158 on the ground. Well, and even if they didn't like to throw the football, all they had to do was watch the Washington game and also San Diego State yeah. game and go, hmm, looks like they may have trouble covering uh, out of the back, you know, covering downfield. Yeah. Early in the season, tough to tell based on scores. They beat an FCS team 56-14 to to start. Arkansas State, who's not very good, they beat them 37-3. to Struggled with Navy. Navy had the ball at the end with a chance to win. Final was 28-24, and Missouri undefeated out of the SEC. Yeah. I don't know how good they are, but uh, Missouri beat them 34-27. Missouri hit some big plays against them to win the game. Yeah, Missouri is, you know, top 25, so they're not bad. Yeah. Um. I guess we'll we'll get to find out uh, this coming week. Uh, predictions for the game? More just nonstop Ashton Genty until they <laughs> until they can stop it. Because I mean, if it's working, you know why why stop it, right? Well, I expect Ashton Genty is going to be a big part of the the game plan. Um, I would expect. I mean, he's he's been that good. Leads the country in all purpose yards. If you've got somebody like that, you know, you just think of what Madison was here, what Ajayi was here. And they use him more in the pass game than Boise State used either of those two. Coach's show, we got Thursday night coming up at 7, and then uh, 2 o'clock Mountain Time will be the kickoff, guys. So five hours is what, uh, 9? 9.30. 9. uh, 9 a.m., yeah, 9 a.m., sorry. Yeah, 2 Mountain Uh, kickoff, 3 Central. So I'm thrilled the fact that we'll be home at a reasonable hour. Richie Brockle, Jay Bates started 9 a.m. pregame with uh, you and Pete Cavender, 1 o'clock, and then kickoff at 2 p.m. And once again, you'll be here at, uh, be able to hear it across all of the KBOI network, 670 a.m., 93.1 FM, Google Play, Alexa. You'll be able to hear it on the KBOI app. Wherever you can hear News Talk KBOI, KBOI you'll be able to hear it. All right, we'll be looking uh, forward to that. Also, uh, coming up tomorrow, you'll be uh, back, uh, Bronco Tuesday. Do we know the sport for tomorrow? Not sure yet. Okay. Not sure yet. And I think it might be soccer, but I'm not sure 100%. Soccer is doing well again this year also for Boise State. So Volleyball also opened the conference 2-0. and Soccer's 1-0-1-1. Yep. Uh, so that'll be coming up tomorrow morning. Thanks, Bob. We'll talk to you then. Uh, all right. It's time. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Do you know the play of the game? Did you listen in to the post game with Prater and the ball game? We've got a $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean that is yours. If you're the first person to correctly identify the play of the game, go ahead and give us a call right now. 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
9.05. It is time for the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. We've got a $50 gift certificate every Monday morning that uh, we give away to some of the finest restaurants throughout the Treasure Valley. And this morning, we have a $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean. Somebody is going to win if they're able to identify the play of the game from the San Diego State-Boise State game. Uh, and Lou in Star, listening on 670 AM this morning, you are going to get the first uh, crack at trying to identify first of all my first question always is did you listen to the post game here on news talk kboi with prater in the ball game yes but when that when the play occurred i jotted it down because i thought this is going to be the play of the game <laughs> that's yeah. funny because chris and i did the same thing mm-hmm. even though we can't win all right Lou, <laughs> let's see if you jotted down the uh, correct play but it, i mean the fact that you listen to the post game is really going to help you out what do you think is the play of the game Okay, it was the 58-yard run by Genty with the, the 7:13 mark in the second quarter. That's pretty specific. Uh, yeah. Man, you must have jotted it down. Uh, let's take a listen and find out if you're right. Second down and eight from the 42. Long count. Green quick handoff to Genty. Went right, cut back to the left, middle of the field, the 50 to the 40. Genty sheds tacklers to the 30, to the 20, high steps into the end zone, and the Broncos take the lead. Yeah, Lou, congratulations. Hey. You and, got yourself. We're, we're not booing, we're yelling Lou. <laughs> $50 gift certificate <laughs> oh, once again to Land Ocean. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny because everybody we've talked to this morning said, you know, when I saw that play, I thought that's going to be the play of the mm-hmm. game. I just sat there watching it, and I just shook my head and go, wow. That was just an Although absolutely I, amazing run. I love run. that touchdown pass, too, Yeah, you know, to McAllister. It, it's interesting because Bob Beeler, who doesn't know what the play of the game uh, is, what, what gets yeah. awarded. He's he, always he, on a bus or a plane when it's announced. He thought it might be, and, and, and it could have been that one, the fumble on the one-inch line, oh, yeah. because that turned out to be uh, a, a big turning point in the game. Congratulations, Lou. Have you ever, have you ever been to Land Ocean? I know it's, you know, Meridian's a yep. long way from Star. <laughs> And uh, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, right. uh, great place. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, congratulations. Thanks for listening in on the post game, And congratulations on winning the Treasure Valley Subaru play of the game. Don't forget, we'll be doing it again this coming Monday morning. More food coming your way. Listen into the post game. The great news is uh, Lou there apparently listened till the wee hours of the morning because the game didn't get over till late and the postgame ring ran late. Uh, coming up this coming Saturday, uh, it'll be a better time for uh, listening Saturday afternoon. Bronco game day. Richie Brockle, Jay Bates starts your day off. Nine in the morning. Breakfast with the Broncos. Pre-game with Bob Beeler and Pete Cavater at one o'clock and then kickoff at two. Post-game happens afterwards and listen in and that's where you find out what the play of the game is so that you'll be able to call in Monday morning once again. All right, uh, into the 9 o'clock hour. It is 9.08. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, one of the things, question we asked earlier this morning, said we were going to talk about this uh, again later to, to in the show, which is right now, by the way. Um, we're going to be talking uh, about the money being sent to Ukraine to help the Ukrainians fight against the Russians in the war. Uh, Republicans voicing concern after the Pentagon confirmed over the weekend that it would shield its operations to support the war in Ukraine from any potential U.S. government shutdown. So even if the government does shut down and uh, Americans won't be paid 
after this coming Saturday, uh, Ukrainian is still our Ukrainians are still going to be getting the support from the U.S. Uh, some of the Republicans lashing out at the plan um, said the Biden administration thinks funding the protection of Ukraine's border is more essential than our own. That's from uh, Representative Tom Tiffany of Wisconsin said you can't make this stuff up. Um, Paulina Luna of uh, Florida said, I have zero interest in funding an eternal World War Three. You know, I got to tell you, if the Russian military were coming across our southern border, we'd probably have just as much money going down there. Well, yeah, they'd be invading our border and not somebody else's border, though, right, wouldn't they? Right. I, but that was his own comparison was to our border. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. Um, however, they're not bringing you know guns and shooting up our people or blowing up our people. So it's a little bit different. Um, the question that we're asking this morning uh, from you, and it's just an opinion. Um, I know there were a lot of people that supported the war to begin with. Do you still support the war as full-heartedly as you did when it first began to put down the evil Russians? That's full-heartedly, not fool-heartedly, right? Right. Okay, good. Uh, they talked a little bit about this on the talk shows this weekend. Take a listen. Today, I approve the next tranche of U.S. security assistance to Ukraine, including more artillery, more ammunition, more anti-tank weapons, and next week, the first U.S. Abrams tanks will be delivered to Ukraine. We also focused on strengthening Ukraine's air defense capabilities to protect the critical infrastructure that provides heat and light during the coldest and darkest days of the year. President Biden pledging another $325 million to Ukraine while yesterday's White House meeting, during yesterday's White House meeting with President Vladimir Zelensky, the Defense Department exempting Ukraine aid from the looming government shutdown as lawmakers scramble to fund the U.S. government by next Saturday's deadline. Florida Congressman Carlos Jimenez joins us now. Congressman, great to see you as always. Is that the best use of those taxpayer dollars? Look, uh, right now, what we need to do is, uh, is avoid a government shutdown. And uh, my, uh, my efforts are actually concentrated on how we can get a deal done within the Republican Party, the Republican Conference, in order to make sure that the, the government does not shut down. The government shutting down doesn't benefit anybody, actually doesn't save any money, uh, and actually plays into the Democrats' hands. And so that's what I'm concentrating right now. How do you get a deal done? Well, that's, a, you know, it's a, look, what we need to do is, um, look, the, most of us are fine with the deal that was crafted by a group of, of our colleagues, you know, last week. Uh, we, we actually ended up uh, with a number lower than what we had passed uh, in the uh, deficit reduction deal that we got with the president and the Democrats, you know, a couple of months ago. The number now is 1526. We need to get to that. We need to pass some appropriations uh, that shows uh, good faith to those more conservative Republicans that want to make sure that we are spending, or that we are cutting spending. And by the way, we're the only ones talking about cutting spending. The Democrats want to continue to spend, spend, spend. And so, you know, we need to show that. And then we need to pass the defense appropriations bill. We need to pass the border bill and make that part of our plan. And then hopefully, maybe we can get a funding resolution that will keep the government open for a small window while we finish our appropriations the rest of the appropriations and then send them on to the Senate. That's what we need to do. And hopefully that's what we will do 
uh, this uh, this coming week. Before we continue with the shutdown potential, I want to circle back to Ukraine for a moment because to date, the White House has given Ukraine more than $76 billion in aid. And take a look at the rest of the nations, Germany, 22, UK, Norway, Japan. Those four nations have given a combined $55 billion as of July 31st. Look, putting aside the fact that we are spending way more than all of the nations, especially those three that were in Europe there. My question for you, Congressman, when does it end? When do the American people get to stop sending their taxpayer dollars to Ukraine? We need to have a, a clear plan of, of how we can help the Ukrainian, uh, Ukrainian people against the Russian aggression. Uh, most of the money that you're talking about is actually munitions. Uh, it's weapons, it's, uh, it's shells, it's tanks, uh, and now hopefully some airplanes to help the Ukrainians repel this, uh, this invasion. And so the, uh, the Europeans need to step up without a doubt, the Germans especially. Uh, and so they have to demonstrate their willingness uh, for us to continue uh, this effort. If they don't, uh, you know, this is their backyard, then uh, they're going to have a much more difficult time of, uh, of getting USAID uh, to help the Ukrainians. And so, mm. yeah, a lot of different people have to step up and help Ukraine defend itself against Russia. I'm not a fan of Russia, uh, but again, uh, look, uh, you got to hand it to the Ukrainians. They're the ones uh, fighting this. Uh, they, uh, they're fighting for their freedom, Amen and I think uh, Americans need to help that. But the whole world needs to help Ukraine, Absolutely. not just America. Yep. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Do we continue to support Ukraine as much as we have in the past, over $100 billion so far in military aid, plus 20 to $30 billion in humanitarian aid already coming, uh, already have spent more money than the next six countries combined, or should NATO be stepping up? The other countries in NATO be stepping up and supporting uh, to match what the United States does. I don't think anybody wants to see uh, Russia get a footprint, larger footprint than they already have into Ukraine or into Europe. But what do you do? I mean, we haven't seen a a big change one way or the other. It's just kind of holding status quo right now. So I'm just curious, Do you, if you supported this, and I, I was one that supported, hey, we got to make sure that Russia doesn't just roll over some of these countries like they're, they're trying to do with Ukraine. But, I mean, how many billions and billions of dollars do you continue? Does this continue for five years? Is this like Afghanistan war? Which, by the way, we have already spent more helping Ukraine than we ever spent uh, supporting the Afghanistan war. Yeah. Um, Wayne writes in, yes, I'm losing my support for funding Ukraine. The administration has not articulated a way to end this war. They have not proposed a sought-after peace plan, nor will they supply Ukraine the tools to win, specifically aircraft. It appears that this is nothing but a way to funnel money to friends of the administration who are profiting off the war. That's the second person today who has said that they think that there are people in the U.S. who are profiting off this war and don't want to see a war well, come to the end. There are, there are people in the U.S. who profit off every war. That's true. That's kind of the system we've set up. 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Your thoughts. We'll take a break here. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Text us, same as our main number, uh, 208-336-3700. You can also call us toll-free, 1-800-529-5264. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 921-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. How long should the United States continue to fund Ukraine fighting against Russia? Should it go on indefinitely? Is there a limit? Is there a way even out of this? Has your support continued as strong today as it did when this first started? No name on this email. They write in, list is longer, but you tell me what's good about U.S. continuing to fund the Ukraine war. $100 billion printed means our dollar is devalued. We're, we're put through much more inflation. There's more money being laundered in the most corrupt country in Eastern Europe. Biden, Zelensky, and other warmongers are making money hand over fist. The war industry is making and destroying a never-ending supply of equipment. Our equipment is being depleted. People's lives are being destroyed. Putin is developing better relations in China, Iran, and other nations. Putin is still selling grain to the world market. Ukraine's grain sales are being limited. I could go on, but these are just some. My question is, if if we do stop, and if you're in the belief that we need to stop funding the war, what's the alternative? You just You just completely stop and let Russia roll through the rest of Ukraine and possibly then into Crimea? Well, they're, Other already European in, they're already nations? in Crimea. They took that one first. What What do you do? What's the alternative? 208-336-3700. Hound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Ron writes in, I believe a lot of money that goes to Ukraine is returned not only to politicians, a lot of others have an interest in financing this war. Some intelligence agencies and defense contractors want to keep the money flowing in both directions. I see nobody wanting to stop the killing and try to broker or stop the fighting. It just seems as though our government uh, body wants to continue the war forever. Why? Change my mind. Well, that's not my job. I'm asking you the questions today. What do you think the alternative is if you don't support U.S. tax dollars continuing to go at the rate they're going to Ukraine to fight, help fight the Russians. Rich in Boise, listening on 670 AM. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, well, I think this is the most justified military endeavor that we've had in my lifetime. Uh, we spent far more in, in Iraq, and they fought us. They didn't want us there. Afghanistan didn't want us there. Uh Ukraine wants to do, wants it, and they're willing to fight for themselves. And the amount of money that we give, I mean, if you had it proportionally to the GDP of those countries, you know, they're given close to comparable amounts. Uh, you know, our, our economy is way bigger. But uh, I don't know. I, I just think this, I mean, I thought this is justified from the beginning because they're willing to do the fighting. We're not in there involved in a civil war like we've done well in Vietnam, Korea, Afghanistan, Iraq. Uh, you know, we're we're just helping them help themselves. And uh, you know, I really feel that this is a worthwhile thing for what what could happen if we. I mean, they 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 would undoubtedly be overrun because Russia just has right. too much military equipment. 
Well, and you can always look at you can also look at it from the standpoint, you know, when when you look at you mentioned Afghanistan and Iraq, um, what good came from the U.S. supporting those two wars, other than we lost a hell of a lot of money and a hell of a lot of lives? Well, yeah, we didn't. We weren't supporting any war in there. We were supporting our own war. I mean, that was our war. We went into Iraq. We invaded Iraq. We went into that was our war. We weren't supporting anybody else. Uh, you know, uh, but in, we, Afga- we in Afghanistan, we were we were supporting the Afghanistan's against Russian. No, we we were supporting uh, some at the at the northern part, northern Afghanistan's against the Taliban. Against the Taliban, yeah, we weren't. Uh, yeah, we weren't. You know, we. Yeah, in the in the in the eighties, we were giving. I was, I was um, talking. Yeah, I was talking about in the eighties. We were giving aid to Afghanistan against the Russians, but not uh, this last time. The the last time is oh, our yeah. own fault because we left Afghanistan high and dry once we defeated the help helped them defeat the Russians. So I mean, what happened after that in Afghanistan really yeah. was our fault. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's. But I, yeah, at any rate, I, I just think I just think this is just right. I mean, if, if they're they're willing to put their lives on the line to save their country, and they really seem like they're doing that, I don't have a problem with supporting them. So your support is just as strong as when it began. Uh, yes. How long do you think we continue to do this? Is this indefinitely so for the next ten, fifteen years? Well. No, probably not the next 10, 15 years, but, uh, you know, I think we should give it four or five years. I mean, it, it, I mean, uh, they might not, it, they, they might come to a point, see, what, the Russians are all dug in, and defense is easier than an offense in a war. Uh, so, you know, it might come to the point where the Russians are so dug in, there's no way to get through. And then, I don't know, the fighting will just have to kind of end like maybe like it did in Korea, where there was no armistice. The yeah. Korean War is still going right. on. Everybody just agrees to they stop just, fighting. They just they just stop fighting. I don't know. That's hard to predict. Thanks for the call, uh, Rich. Appreciate it. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Do we continue to send U.S. tax dollars in the uh, amount that we have? Do you still support that against Russia? Um, do you think we continue? Uh, is there a way out? If you don't support it, what's the alternative? Just asking your opinion this morning. Go ahead and email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. We'll get you caught up in news and get back to your phone calls and emails coming up. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to email us, you can email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Go to the phones. Uh, Ass from Nampa. That's Mr. Ass to you and I listening on 93.1 FM. Uh, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I wanted to comment on no no, no remarks about the ass. Uh, okay. Well, good. Um, I thought you said you couldn't see it on, say it on the radio. No, if it's your name, since it's Mr., oh. since it's Mr., then I can. Mr. We also oh, have to, I, you, oh. we also well, have to use it in a sentence. Would, you didn't. You didn't say that when you first gave me the name. You just said it. Oh out no! On I, the radio. I I used it all in a sentence when I called you the name. 
No, you just. What, what, how'd you say that? Refresh my memory. Well, I don't remember, but you know, I we're know. we're wasting a lot of time here. Do you want me to go yeah. on to somebody else, or did you have an actual point to make this morning? See, this is that why was, you got the was, name. Yeah, I know. I know. I, you guys don't listen. But at any rate, let's get to this point, which is Ukraine. And I believe, especially after listening to uh, Rich, that why it's just another money-making scheme for the to, to go back to the Bidens. You know, he funds them money, they give him a kickback, and it ends up in one of his um, burner accounts, some bank accounts somewhere. And that's how this thing is set up. Now they do need help. Ukraine does need help, and those people do deserve our our money and our best wishes. But to have it, oh, what's it, extorted from us and then handed to us for a kickback is not is not a good way to good way to do that. And I, I get it. There's been other times in history where uh, shady deals have been done to get uh, a war finished or started or what have you. And my question, I guess, to the end of this is why in Vietnam did no one believe the government? But now everybody believes the government and voted for this nitwit and apparently going to do it twice. That's all I have to say. I would like to hear what Rich would have to respond to that. He believe, he didn't believe the government back in the 60s, but now he all of a sudden does. I, I don't get it. Have a good day, guys. Carol in Boise, listening on 670 AM. Good morning. You're on News Talk KPOI. Yes, hello. Um, I wanted to say that yesterday... Russia slammed with devastating setbook. Could, this moment could change the entire tide of the war. That was a special report yesterday with PJ Newsletter, uh, and that and they, Russia's been in the in the Crimea for weeks, and uh, right now maybe months now, clear down to the the Black Sea. The other part is that NATO. Well, it says NATO World War Three. German military has has bombed uh, the the uh, the area of of um, the Crimea where the people are that are in charge illegally from Russia. They're fighting already. They're all fighting, yeah. and it's a good thing, and it's going to end well. Russia actually. Get the book Why Ukraine Must Win by Thomas Cromwell. That'll explain everything. Just like we didn't want to fight in World War II, we eventually had to because because not only there are other countries we're going to lose, so was England. We got to think of that. Thank yeah. you for the call. Oh, and Russia actually incorporated Crimea nine years ago. So yeah, they've been there a while. Uh, Ted writes in: War is the biggest money-making venture on the planet. Always has been. Has our history really been forgotten in this country? Because it seems people are oblivious to our own history, and it's sad. We should learn from the past, not forget about it. Tim writes in to say the billions in military spending in Ukraine goes to American workers because of the fact that most of what there is being sent is actually uh, equipment and not money. Is his point? Well, we've we've spent. All, all, given also uh, what thirty billion dollars in foreign aid, also. Rich uh, says Casper and Chris in the. I think it's a different Rich. It might not be. I don't know. Says Casper and Chris in the eighties. We supported the Taliban in a civil war against the same progressive people we recently tried to save. Uh, not technically, no. What uh, the uh, Soviet Union at that time, which was what Russia was at that time. The Soviet Union was in. Afghanistan, and we supported Afghanistan 
against the Soviet Union. It just so happened that, see, we kind of had this idea that if you were Afghanistan, you were just Afghanistan. And we didn't really know about the Taliban at the time. We Mm -hmm. didn't really know, you know, that there were warring factions that would come in and take over. Uh, We were just supporting a country against Russia or against uh, the Soviet Union. And and we kind of helped to uh, bankrupt them because well, yeah, at, yeah, at the mean, end of Afghanistan they uh, couldn't become the Soviet or they they weren't the Soviet Union anymore. Yeah, during during that time, I mean, it was a great deal. The problem was um, we didn't finish. We as soon as as soon as as you put it, we bankrupt. Yeah, Russia. We we just said our job is done. Let's leave and get the hell out of here. Yeah, we've we've kind of stopped to a certain extent. We've stopped doing the thing that we. Uh, well, it's because you have to win to do it, but we stopped doing the thing we did in Germany and Japan, which was occupation for years and years and years. To help rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we just, we just To help left. rebuild, but also to make sure nothing bad happens. Yeah, exactly. If you want to see a great explanation, and by the way, it's a fantastic movie, um, stars Tom Hanks, Charlie Wilson's War, um, is basically what this is about. It's a fantastic movie, and yes, I know it's a movie, but it is based on a true story mm-hmm. uh, of an actual senator who basically, because of him, um, we were able to put an end to the Russian occupation of Afghanistan, but also he was really wanting to go further than what the U.S. was willing to do at the time and support and stay, as you said, occupy yeah. and help rebuild the country. He goes, if we don't rebuild this, he goes, every bad element from everywhere is going to be flooding this country and, and we're going to be fighting this country in another war in 20 years. And sure enough, look what happened. That exactly is what he predicted happened. Billy C. writes in and says, I thought NATO aid given to Ukraine was a percentage based on countries' gross domestic product. How much U.S. dollars goes to American defense contractors and their employees to produce the armaments given to Ukraine? And that's the same kind of point that the yeah. previous guy made, too. Yeah. Well, and there's, I mean, quite frankly, if you're one of those, you know, businesses, Raytheon or whoever, you don't want to see the war go away because, yeah. you know, you're, you're well, making is, a huge profit. It is based on gross domestic product. Uh, our problem is that we, uh, you know... We, our gross domestic product isn't quite as uh, as high as some countries. Like, for instance, the best in the world is Monaco. However, Monaco, you know, only has a few, like, 100,000 people that are even there. So they can't give vast amounts of money or billions and billions right. and billions right. because it doesn't add up to that. Now, we have a fairly high GDP, uh, but we have uh, basically our national worth is about $18 trillion, which is number one in the world. Number two is China with eleven trillion, and then from there it goes way down. Russia has maybe less than one trillion. Now, some of the problems that people have with sending this money and aid or whatever is we don't have it. It's like we don't have a bank account with this money. We're borrowing the money, mm-hmm. and in the future we're going to pay interest on it. And in the future we're going to pay that off sometime in the future as long right. as we don't go bankrupt. <laughs> but. That, yeah. Which what, causes what, higher inflation, higher you, interest rates. What makes you rich, your cash or your credit rating? <laughs> yeah. uh, Mark writes in, what's the difference between this war and fighting Hitler? We were letting Great Britain fight a war with our materials and money. The Ukrainians are willing to fight uh, fascism. We're supposed to be against fascism. My dad and many in the end uh, fought fascism. Uh, I don't get Republican resistance to this. Where were those chicken hawks when we made uh, the error in Iraq? Well, maybe they weren't around when they made the error in Iraq and weren't. And now they're going, look, if we don't learn from 
our past mistakes, we're just doomed to repeat them over and over again. I, I, I don't know if that's the case. I'm just, I'm just saying you can't, you know, base it on, hey, we already yeah. made one error doing this. Let's continue to do it. And it's not just Republicans, by the way. It's not just Republicans that are starting to question, is there a way out of this war? Or is this something we're going to be funding for the next decade or more? When we are in a country to help them get rid of uh, an aggression, uh, uh, an aggressive country, for instance, we went into Kuwait to get rid of Iraq. People were all for that. Mm-hmm. When we went into Iraq to get rid of the Iraqi government, people weren't nearly as for that. And the same with Afghanistan. We helped out Afghanistan get rid of Russia, but then when we were in Afghanistan to try to change their government, again, people look down on that kind of. It's it's kind of a fine line, and, and there's not too much difference, and there's probably no difference at all to those actually fighting physically. I mean, there are still people trying to kill you. Uh, Jim P. writes, and this is on another subject uh, we were talking about this morning. It says, I keep hearing that the economy is getting better. What I would like to know is where they get their information. I'm certainly not doing better. Food prices are up. I don't even think about buying meat anymore. Transportation costs are up. Housing is up. Utilities are up. Property taxes are down, but not significantly. Sales taxes up. Costs are up. So where are they getting their information? Um, I, I, Jim, I think it depends on when, who you say, where are they getting their information? For instance, the Biden administration is running a presidential campaign. It's hard to get elected president if the economy is in the right. toilet. So they're trying to tell everybody that the economy is well, is doing better, which it is if you look at better than a year ago. <laughs> right, or better than other nations in the world, yeah. which is one of the things they do look at. Like, for instance, the G7, you know, the seven biggest uh, uh, nations, we are doing considerably better than they are, even though our economy doesn't seem like it's all that great. So that that's the disconnect right here is you hear the Biden administration say, hey, our economy is going great. We're yeah. doing great. It's improving. And then you pass the gas station and you go, how, yeah. how do you figure? It's like 430 a gallon here. Or like you said, and, and we heard it in one of the uh, pieces of audio we played earlier this morning mm-hmm. where you're going down the vegetable aisle. You've spent all this yes. money on vegetables. You spent 70 bucks. <laughs> you haven't gotten to the meat aisle <laughs> you haven't yet. haven't even got to the meat aisle yet. Um, yeah, it, it, it's... You, you you have what you're being told, and then you know what's in your pocketbook, and that's the big dis- disconnect right now. Uh, but as I said, it, it's a political thing. See, that wouldn't happen to me. I start at the back. I'm like, okay, I got my pork chops, but I'm out of money. Guess I'll leave <laughs> with my pork chops. Who needs veggies? I'll have a pork chop salad, please. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We have one more segment on the way. If you want to get through, here's your chance. Give us a call or email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670-KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Our question today uh, to you, how long do we continue to support Ukrainian fighting Russians? It's already been announced that uh, Joe Biden, even if the government shuts down, money will continue to flow to Ukraine. Another $300 million promised uh, last Friday uh, to Zelensky as he was here begging for uh, more money. Do we continue this? How long do we continue it? And if we don't, for those of you who think uh, that maybe we shouldn't be doing it, what's the alternative? You just let Russia take over and do whatever they want. 208-336-3700. Um, 
Corey writes in, here's my conspiracy theory. Joe Biden is being blackmailed by Ukraine. If he doesn't keep the money going, they will release 17 tapes of the Biden family's dirty crop deals. All right. There's our first conspiracy theory of the day today so far. Now I take that back. Yeah, that's our second. Second. Yeah. Second. Uh, Bob in Meridian. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. A quick question. What if China should start supporting Russia in the Ukraine situation? Uh, and what happens then? They already are. You mean monetarily? Monetarily and equipment. They're already on their side. They've already pledged that uh, that they are in this conflict, that they are on Russia's side. But, yeah, I don't I think they, they haven't started funding it yet. But you're right. They could. I wonder, would, would uh, sorry, Bob, I wonder, would China be willing to support Russia monetarily if they weren't fighting against the United States? Can I don't ha- answer that. I don't have an answer. I'm just, I'm just curious. Is this is this just a way for China to mess with the United States? Because it seems they do that a lot. Well, we have enough problems with China over in Taiwan's situation. Mm-hmm. It just muddies the water. But if they start supplying Russia with what I call equipment, like we're supplying Ukraine, along with the other NATO countries, what happens then? I think it's scarier as hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the whole thing is, is scary. Yeah, thanks, for, was, thanks for the call, It Bob. would be a, a lot like Vietnam, a lot like uh, That's Korea. what's scary. Yeah, that's what's scary. Um, another email, Mike, at KBUI.com. We aren't borrowing this money. We're printing it. It comes out of the existing money in the form of inflation. We are borrowing it, and then eventually we will print more money to pay off what we owe. So we're doing we're doing both. We're borrowing the money now, and then we will eventually have to print more money because it's not – it's not like we have a bank account, you know, labeled for, you know, save for wars that break out that we have to support. We don't have a, a big, huge war bank account. Lori says to the nitwit that asked why we didn't trust the government in Vietnam, but trust them now. I didn't trust the government because they lied to us for 15 years. Now, saying that would indicate that you believe they no longer are. <laughs> Yeah, based on some of the stuff that's that's happened, the Pentagon Papers, for instance, where you you, know, you just mentioned they lied to us for what fifteen years, right? Pentagon Papers prove that. How how can you trust? I mean, you look at the war, uh, mass uh, weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, which app- how, apparently they technically did not ever find. No, yeah, no. Um, so how 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 do you? in a lot of times trust the the government when it comes to things like that, when they have been caught lying um, so many times in the past. Rich in Boise uh, says that four, oh, no, this one comes in and says, Rich says four or five years uh, that we should support the war. Are we sure that our deficit spending and debt can be uh, handled and still be around in four or five years? Probably not. Check but. back in four or five years. Or <laughs> exactly. I will let you know. I don't know. Uh, let's see. This one is from... There are actually several subjects are coming in now. Jim says, if the Democrats are so concerned with the Republicans not passing a budget, why don't they join with the Republicans to pass something? Can't do that. That would be bipartisan. Kiss of death. 
Uh, another email says, uh, do you know why you never hear the names of the people who were involved with starting the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq? They have all become filthy rich. Halliburton, KBR, have taken billions and billions of taxpayer dollars. Guess who had major stakes in those companies? Yep, yep the people that were there in the administration of Bush uh, Jr., I spent seven years over in those places as infantry leader, and it was sad to see contractors making two hundred and forty thousand dollars or more while soldiers were making less than fifty thousand. Billy C says from a Newsweek article headline: Marjorie Taylor Greene likens Ukraine aid to money laundering scheme. Must be true if Margie said it. I, th- I think that's tongue in cheek, very tongue in cheek. Thanks for the phone calls and emails. I'm not sure if we settled anything today, but I'm just curious uh, as to what your thoughts were. There were no right or wrong answers, but uh, thanks for your opinions. Much appreciated. Uh, That's going to do it for uh, today. We're going to be on a 20-hour break. We'll be back again uh, coming up here tomorrow morning. More chances for you to do some winning. and.